Hello and welcome to episode three of The Brand Lounge, a place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy, founder of Shadowcat Creative, and I'm a personal brand coach and designer where I help small businesses to define their brand and achieve their version of success. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Hayley Jenkins, who is a social media manager at The Social Geeks and personal trainer at The Wow Programme. Hi, Hayley. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And today we are going to be talking about the impact of other people's limiting beliefs and how that can affect you within your business. So I'm really excited for this conversation. This is a topic that I have had so many conversations about limiting beliefs, but the impact of other people's limiting beliefs, I think, is something that's not talked about often enough. Yeah, definitely. And it's something that um, I think gets projected on so many of us that then limits our, we then limit our own beliefs based on other people's limiting beliefs. And it's like, what's going on? It's a crazy, crazy circle and not one that you want to find yourself spiraling down. So I guess the place to start would be defining limiting beliefs, because this is a term that I only really came into contact with over the last year or two since working with a business coach or exploring kind of why I felt experiences of imposter syndrome. So how would you define a limiting belief to someone who wasn't aware of the term? So I would say that a limiting belief is believing that there's only so much that you can actually do. There's thing if you notice yourself maybe saying, oh, no, I can't do that. Or, oh, no, that's not for me. Oh, I wouldn't be able to do that. That's what a limiting belief is. It's not believing that you could achieve um, a higher potential. Yeah, I agree. I think that for me, the the three that I've noted down as being the ones that I find most commonly are both for me and my clients is financial beliefs limiting money mindset is just a huge thing. Um, The feeling that you can't have time off if you're a small business owner, that's a massive limiting belief. And then the third one that I find too often, which it breaks my heart, is that being yourself is not enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest, I think that is the biggest one um, that's that's so common that, um, like you say, it's really sad. Mm. It's really when you actually think about it, it's um, really sad that you might not necessarily feel like you're enough. But, you know, I think it's when you say it like that, it's really sad. But I don't think people necessarily realise when they have a limiting belief, limiting belief that they're not enough, that they realise that that's what they're doing to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something that once it's pointed, once it's pointed out, not in like, you're suffering from this, but when it's like brought to your attention that maybe the reason that you feel like you're grinding away every day for very little money and you're making less than you were in your full-time job and you don't feel that you can put your pricing up because no one would pay you that kind of money, I think that that's where you need to kind of have a little think about whether, right, where does this stem from? Why do I feel this way? So yeah, those are kind of like (laughs) self-inflicted limiting beliefs, I guess. Definitely. But you say self-inflicting, but I feel like they do. Ne- they generally come from outside factors, which is why when you and I first spoke, I've put it onto other people. Other people's limiting beliefs make us feel like, you know, we can't do certain things. And it's funny that you say pricing because I remember um, when I very first started uh, The Social Geeks, my brother turning around and saying, what, people are going to pay you to do that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, no, they're not. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's those kind of conversations that you have with people that can form limiting beliefs, like the one that you just said about pricing and putting your prices up because because you, because you other people might have said to you before, like, oh, no, or I wouldn't pay that for that or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is, it's really sad, especially when because I've had it happen to me where people are like, oh, you charge that amount for that? And I'm like, if I was in a full-time job getting paid this, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Like if I was in a full-time role as a studio manager doing design projects and getting paid a hundred grand a year in a top London agency, you'd be like, oh, you jammy sod. You wouldn't be sat there going, how dare you try and steal people's money in this way? Exactly. And the thing is, just because that particular person wouldn't pay that doesn't mean that there are not people who don't value that and and would pay that money. So 
it's just people's different um, perspectives and, and opinions on it. But it's, you know, if it's something that's kind of repeated to you over a fairly long period of time, or you're somebody who does take other people's opinions on board very easily, it can be really damaging and it can hold you back so, so much because, yeah, the fear of putting your prices up of then not getting any clients. So you keep your prices low because you think, well, yeah, no, like this is a fair price. Whereas, you know, you could go higher. So if that is something that you do tell yourself, that is definitely a limiting belief. Yeah, I think that there's something as well very closely linked so there's this phrase that I hear a lot which is charge your worth and I find that that paired with a limiting belief around how much you can how much you feel comfortable charging can be really really damaging because if you are feeling that you can't charge more and then people are saying charge your worth and it's like well am I then linking my worth to the financial side of things it's like you, you will you know, money does not impact how much you're worth. It should, you should charge what you, you should charge for the transformation that you offer, not what you're worth, not what you think is fair. Just, you know, objectively look at what it is that you offer. Yeah. How that impacts and changes people's lives and what that means to them. Exactly. The value of what you're offering to the person who needs it, you know, is what you're offering something that that person can or can't do like it at the end of the day if you've got something that that person needs or you can do something that person cannot do or you something that you can educate them on 100% your value should be you put the price on on that value and that doesn't come down to your worth or I don't even necessarily think it comes down to um always your experience I think it's how much you you know value your time and your skills and what you bring to the table which if you believe in yourself enough like you know what you can do so yeah I definitely definitely agree with you I think that for me it's almost like harking back to the days of school when it was a popularity contest and it's like well you Mm. had to walk the walk in order to kind of be perceived in a certain way and it is all around that perception but when yeah. it's you putting yourself out there, it's scary as all hell anyway. And if you are 100% confident that you can, like, if you could say, hands down, right, so I know that my last client went on to earn X amount from the work as a... As a, um, a direct result of yeah, what you've... Yeah. A direct result of us working together, then absolutely, because... I mean, I'm sure that you get this a lot. I get this a lot as well, where it's like, oh, well, how much do I, how much should I pay for a logo? How much should I pay for this? And it's like, well, if you pay 50 quid for a logo and it only means that you're going to get in a hundred quid for your business, then that's quite expensive. But if you pay five grand for a logo and that allows you to earn 50 grand, it's not, so it's relative. Definitely. On that subject, this is completely random, but did you hear or have you heard that um, Nike, I think it was Nike, paid like £100 for their logo? Yeah, it was super, super low. (laughs) (laughs) So random, but um, yeah, that that person should have thought, yep, this brand looks like they're going to go far or something in the contract or something to say that, you know, if you then go on to be a massive Nike, um, I'll take some of that money. (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely. Because like, and that's, that is kind of one of the things it's like, you don't know where your business is going to go. So you, yep. um, putting these constraints on the people who, are who you have chosen to help support you in the aspects that you need for your business. Just be mindful of what you say when you're talking to people where it's like, that's, mm. that's too expensive. It's not, it's not within your budget or it's not your priority at this moment exactly that that's exactly what it is and just because they wouldn't pay it like I had this exact same thing with my um my boyfriend recently like well not that recently but within the last like six months so you know even though I've been running business for eight years you still come across these hurdles where um so for like my online transformation um programs for personal training that's not a priority in his life like as in him personal training or going through any kind of health and fitness transformation. So when we were talking about prices, he was like, who's going to pay that? Why? Like, and I said, it's because it's not important to you or you don't need that coaching 
people do and it takes a lot of time so like but I have the confidence in me to be able to counter argue that and say exactly why I charge what I charge and you know you should always think about as well like when you get paid how happy are you going to be with that payment are you going to feel like really drawn like it's been drawn out or there's there's different I've accepted jobs before where I've done the work and I've just thought that just was not worth it at all and it's taken every bit of energy out of me and it zapped me and it's not been anywhere near worth the money um and and it's those jobs and thinking ahead and thinking right how happy am I going to be with the payment that I've given if it's way below their budget and you're happy with the payment then I don't see the problem with that necessarily because if it's payment if it's a price that you've put out that you're really happy to accept and it's a budget that's a lot lower than what they wanted to pay I feel like that's a great that's a great offering because you're still really happy with it if however they've uh, got a really low budget and you you've somehow bargained yourself down then you're not going to feel good for doing the work you're not going to feel mm-hmm. respected you're not going to feel like you know very happy with the fact that you've just given all of your energy for something got a really um low payment for it so I think as long as you're happy to um it's just thinking about thinking ahead and thinking whether you'd be happy to accept that payment yeah I, I absolutely agree I think that it's that whole if it's something that you are really excited about working on, like I've done projects for free, I've done projects lower. I'm not saying that you should ever feel expected to, because that's where my issue is with working for free is that it's, if it's expected, I don't want to do it. If it's mutually beneficial, I'm here for it. Exactly. It is that. And if you feel absolutely drained from the pricing that you're offering, if you are working way below what you need to be and charging way below just because you don't, you feel like other people are judging you for it, you're only shooting yourself in the foot. Your client's not going to have the best experience. And then it's kind of, it's going to drain you more. You're going to lean into that feeling and then you're never going to it's going to be very hard for you to pull yourself back out again to go, you know what, I'm putting my prices up. This is how much I know this service is worth. And yeah. My clients are happy. I'm happy. And I think it goes as well with not just pricing, but working with clients that make you feel happy. Oh my God, a hundred percent. This is something I've definitely learned over the years is yeah. when they know I actually don't want that work. Like, you just because somebody presents you with an opportunity with money and a budget doesn't mean you've got to accept it like at the beginning stages of um, my self-employed career if you like yeah I would have like jumped at the opportunity to take those pieces of work but now it's very much like "Mm, no this job actually sounds like it's gonna drain the life out of me or I have absolutely zero interest in it so I'm not going to enjoy doing it. The client's not going to receive the best of me. They're probably going to feel like they're getting in the way whenever they contact me because I'm not going to be that like willing yeah. or open conversation because I'm like, oh, this job again. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's <laughs> going to have the best experience. Yeah. I just think if you say yes to something that you're not overly, you know, buzzing about, that's taking your time, attention and energy away from finding something that you could be buzzing about and spending your time there instead. So it drains your energy and vibe, if you like, from attracting any of the really high quality and good and exciting stuff that you do want to work on. So definitely something I've learned over the years is when to say no and when to turn things down and when to walk away from from an agreement, even if the person really wants to work with you. Um, so sometimes there's just not even really a budget that can there's been some jobs and I've just thought I'd, I just can't even think of like you know a budget I'd be happy to accept because I just I'm not in, I'm not vibing with that person number one or I'm just not feeling the company or the brand and as someone you know who writes content and, and manages social campaigns I do have to have some kind of yeah. interest in the business otherwise it's not going to be it's not going to be good and it's not going to be um, helpful for them. So yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, I think the saying no can be the best course of action 
And I've had it where I said no to a project just because it wasn't in the industry that I was interested in, or like you said, didn't vibe with them. Or even if they're not at the stage where you need them to be at in order to work with them effectively. I tend to work with businesses who have been going for 18 months to two years because creating a brand for a business that knows where it's going and where it's come from is much more, um, it's going to be much more beneficial to them than branding someone who's just starting out and they've got no idea where this, where this journey is going to take them. But also saying no doesn't have to be the end. And I think that the way to attract or the way to handle certain limiting beliefs is to understand the impact that they could have rather than the impact you think they have. Yeah. So me saying no to a project, because I've said no to projects when I could really have done with the money. Yeah, same. But it meant that I have actually had referrals back from them. Yeah. Because instead of just going, no, this isn't for me, fare thee well. I've been like, no, I'm afraid like this isn't the right time for us to work together. Or I think that this person would be better placed to deal with you. I always try and give them a solution. Same. I always try and pass over a referral of someone that I think um, would be better suited to the job or if I know somebody would be keen to accept it. Like, obviously, I know other social media managers, so... I would definitely happily pass them along. And it's the same like on the personal training side of things. You know, I very much work with women who are focused on mindset changes um, and have a fat loss goal, for example. Whereas if a guy came to me and wanted to build muscle, it would, or even a woman came to me and wanted to build muscle. Like for me, it's just not where my area of expertise or excitement particularly lies because I'm more around the mindset changes and like the byproducts that come with that so it's the same in any business really yeah I agree and I think that yeah understanding why you're saying no or understanding as long as you can understand and comprehend why you're reacting the way that you are and the way that you choose to handle the situation I think that that can be really helpful with yeah Right. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Because obviously that can be very damaging to your brand. And you still want to, even if you don't want to work with someone, you still want to leave them with a good impression and experience with your brand, even if they haven't had the chance to work with you. So mm-hmm. um, it's like, because obviously, as you know, the brand doesn't all just come down to the visuals and what the brand looks like, but it's the experience that people have with you as well. So you need to leave them with the best experience, whether they've worked with you or not, because that is all a part of your brand, you know, how you communicate, how you talk and how you've let people feel. Yeah. And I think like there's that saying where it's like, if you say no to something, it just means you're saying yes to something else. And it's yeah. really and it's cheesy as hell, but it's true. Like saying no to someone, if you had taken two or three of those really crappy jobs where you're just going to feel really drained from it, what happens when the good job comes through and you, you're just not vibing, you're not putting out the energy that you need to in order to attract them to you? Yep, 100%. I think the other thing that a lot of small business owners, um, something that I often found that I was forgetting when I started is that what I offer is a luxury. Like branding, as much as I would love to believe that branding is an essential for every business, <laughs> it is a luxury. You know, and when you realize that you charge what you charge or you do what you do or you work as much as you want to, because the product that you're offering, the product or service is actually a luxury. It's not a necessity. It's not oxygen. It's not water. It's not something that's going to keep you alive. It is a luxury. I think that that gives you a certain amount of liberation because it's like it is a luxury item. People are choosing to spend their money with me. Yeah, yeah. And I've charged everything from 50 quid when I was first starting out for a logo up to like £5,000 for my branding packages now. And people have paid me along the way, but people have said no along the way as well at every price. Exactly. Oh my God. Even recently, like someone tried to bar on me down about £800 and I was like, um, no. (laughs) Like, what? That is their limit, not yours. (laughs) Um, but I think um what was I gonna say? I just think it's it's you do you do get those experiences. It doesn't matter how long or how short you've been in business. So it's just I think as a new business as well, knowing that you're always gonna come that it's always gonna happen. And um 
just knowing that you you deserve more you don't like and also the reflection so for example if we take the person who offered me 800 pounds less than the quote that I'd sent which is actually really funny but (laughs) that's not a reflection on what that person thinks of me my experience um what I can give that's obviously their budget they're not saying actually no you're worth x amount and I'm putting this value on you so you shouldn't feel crappy when people are coming back with um, lower offers. I guess it's just not taking it personal because that's obviously their budget and it's not, it's not down to you or it's not their reflection of you. But um, yeah. And I think another thing of, of what we need to remember as well is that when it comes to pricing, branding and that kind of thing, and people really do buy into people at the end of the day. So I think as long as you, your brand and your brand image and you are giving off the right vibes and everything you want to um, give off, you will attract those right people. And if somebody wants to work with you, they will pay for you. It's not going to come down to, um, you know, bartering against prices. And if it is, then that's probably not the client that you want anyway. You want people who want to work with you because they're going to be massively invested in you and your time respect your time and those are the people those are the people at the end of the day that I want to work with anyway so um yeah just remembering that people do buy into people yeah Yeah. and that's what brand do yeah yeah absolutely I think that people definitely buy into people I think that the fact that many small business owners who offer services in particular are personal brands where it's them putting themselves forward into the world I feel like there's a there's a certain amount of fear around that that's associated with how far can I go with this? What am I doing? This is me that's saying this out into the world. So when you get that kind of mirrored back by someone who's not in the same place as you, yeah, that's where um, those beliefs really. It's it's the same with imposter syndrome. It's the same with comparison comparisonitis. Like everyone comes across it. It's how you choose to handle it and like I'm sure we have all had those moments where we've been crying on the kitchen floor because someone said something (laughs) but it's how you get past them um and like for me talking to uh business besties to friends of mine who also run small businesses because and I don't know whether you found this as well I found that a lot of other people's limiting beliefs come from people who don't run small businesses. Oh yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the example that I gave about my boyfriend, like he's given me such terrible business advice over the last six months. Like, but he doesn't run a business. I'm not going to take all of the advice off of him. He doesn't run a business. He doesn't understand those kind of hurdles and situations. Like, for example, he wouldn't necessarily understand me saying no to work. He just wouldn't, he wouldn't get it. But, um, you know, my best friend who runs a business, yes, she completely gets in. She would say, no, do not take that client. Like, they already sound like hard work just from like the proposal. Like, so there's, I think, different people that you go to for different conversations when you know what what kind of, what to expect. Um, Yeah. And I would always say, just like you said, they normally do come from people who don't necessarily have the experience of of running a business and knowing um the kind of intricacies behind it and the hurdles that do come up and um how to handle the different situations as as an an employee obviously would have a completely different experience or they would maybe like to think that well I would do things like this or I would say that oh no I'll take it on oh my god well it's money why wouldn't you do it and it's doesn't doesn't like that (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the other one that I I really struggled with was giving myself permission to rest. Yeah, definitely. I found that one of the one of the beliefs that I held for a long time because when I was working full time alongside my business, I was working like 80, 90 hour weeks and it was killer. And I had like a two to four hour commute depending on traffic every day. I would be dictating blog posts in the car as I drove because I needed to keep on working. So when it came to being fully self-employed, I felt like unless I kept up that hustle culture in little bunny ears, it was like I wasn't putting enough into my business. Yeah, definitely. And there, that is a big thing as well, this hus- keep hustling, keep, you know, it's so, so important to to um, take the rest and just know like 
know how much rest you need to be able to like give the best work essentially I think as well like it's you know those times where people always have like conflicting views like for example my grandparents would always be like well particularly particularly my nan she'll be like oh you're always working rah 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 and then and then it'll always be like oh you do you ever work there's never like one it's like extreme yeah, if I'm working, she'll say you're always working. Or if I'm resting, or I'm like, you know, off out at a spa or something, she's like, oh, you haven't got any work to do then. Oh, it's like, I think if you listen to everyone else too much, you just get caught up in saying, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? But it's finding what works for you because we're all different, and some people need more rest than others, and some people need to relax more than others or have more hobbies than others, and that is why we are all so different. And some people can absolutely hammer work out in a four-hour workday, whereas some people have a much more leisurely workday and might work eight hours but work at a slower pace or whatever it is, whatever suits, I think is the way that people should work, which is another reason why I love, like, self-employment because for me every day is different and I need flexibility I can't I'm not a routine person um necessarily like the differences in my days no I absolutely agree and I think that that's something that I found so I like being busy I feel like if you know anything about like human design or anything like that I'm a generator I'm the epitome of a generator I feel happiest when I'm working and I'm doing things So I need to make sure that I'm building rest into my days because I'm not good at taking time out specifically. So like every Monday, I don't start until like 11 o'clock because I have a Monday morning bubble bath and it is the best way to start my week because I know that I've got a good couple of hours to get myself in the mindset for work that week. And the change that I've had in my productivity on a Monday since I've started doing that has just been insane. Definitely, because you've taken that time out for yourself and just like you're not burning yourself out. And I found when I did that, like the first few years, not from, yeah, maybe the first three or four years when I was working like 14, 15 hour days. Don't get me wrong, I like loved it. I was obsessed with it, you know. But what I did find suffered was you know, relationships, connections, like, so relationships, like, with my family or, like, conversations or relationships with friends and going out for dinner or whatever, I would just find that I would never really be in the moment anymore. I would just constantly be thinking about work. I'd be thinking about proposals and I'd be thinking about, right, well, what can I do next? Or the conversation over dinner would suddenly now be about my business. And it's like, my friends don't want to talk about that all the time. Do you know what I mean? So having that time away and stepping away and taking time for yourself allows you to have that time by yourself so that then when you're with your friends or your family you're not just constantly thinking about that and they're getting the most out of you as well which I think you know and everyone benefits rather than your friends and family don't just want to hear about your business all day as much as we like to think they might they really don't (laughs) don't care that much yeah, this is why it's important to have business friends as well, I think, because like, oh my goodness, I've got I've got a couple of friends where we will talk about business all day, every day, and love it because we both run our businesses, we know how important it is, and you know how much it consumes your life because um, I think last week's episode where I was talking to Siobhan, we were talking about the work-life blend instead of the work-life balance, and that was like amazing because it really epitomizes what I, how I view my world because my business is so intrinsically linked and my other half's a designer as well. So like we both talk design. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, it's so bizarre because he's a designer in the team that I used to work in, in the corporate world, like six Um, years ago. (laughs) Yeah. No, mine's a mechanic. So he doesn't get anything that I talk about. He's like, "Uh." But I think what you were saying is like, it's also the positive. So this is a, I'm going to try and articulate this in the best way that I can, because generally when I think about limiting beliefs, it's like, oh, you can't charge that much. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. But there is such a thing as like a positive, it comes out as a positive statement when actually it's still a limiting belief. Like 
oh, you're working so hard, you must be so successful. Or if you keep doing this, of course, you're going to reach your goals. And it's like, that can be just as damaging because I think that people seem to forget things like over lockdown, I had a really hard time at the start of lockdown. Like my clients cleared up. I had some real issues within the business, but I kept hearing from friends and business folk and it's like, oh, you're doing so well. Your social media makes it look like you're doing so well. You must be bossing it. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just identifying when something is being, it's almost like you need to deflect it so that you've got that space to think about how you want to process whatever that statement is. So if someone's saying you should be resting or you should be working, you almost need to keep that like a little way away from you so you can go, how do I feel about this? Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. I mean, the biggest thing that I, when I think about other people's limiting beliefs and like what's been said to me, I mean, obviously there's been so much over the years, but the biggest thing I can just always remember um, was really like, my dad mainly, not like my dad's a bad person, obviously. I think when people say these things as well, you've got to think about why they're saying it. It's usually coming from a place of them caring, but it's just kind of you're taking it in a different way. So the communication lines are a bit like skewed, but, you know, he would always tell me, oh, I need to get a proper job, but you were earning so much money, you know, you were only 21 and you were on X salary and, you know, now you're doing this and blah, blah, blah. But I truly, 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 I think you've got to have that self-belief to be able to push through the things that people say to you. And, and, you know, when people would ask me, oh, well, what are you going to do when this doesn't work out? Or like, what do you mean, what am I going to do? (laughs) Like my answer to that was always, I haven't even thought about what's going to happen when this doesn't work out because this is going to work out. This not working out is not an option. This is going to work. Like, and I think that's what kind of makes the difference between somebody that can deflect the opinions of others and really push through and make a success of it as opposed to someone who can maybe get a little bit held back and bogged down by the opinions of others because I really really like was tunnel vision on this like no one's opinions or anything was getting to me like I did not care at all what anybody said um so I think it's yeah like you say having that barrier and that wall there so that when people are saying these things it's really taking them with the pinch of salt and knowing that it's not necessarily them devaluing you or not believing in you but maybe an experience that they've had and it's their limiting beliefs that I'm projecting onto you um not purposefully not not being nasty or anything like that but probably because they care um but it can it can be hurtful I get that as well. But um, yeah, just having that wall there that you can kind of just bounce that kind of stuff off of when needed, or even just having that open conversation with people when they do say those kind of things, like saying, you know, what you're saying is really holding me back. And this is something that I really do want to do. Like, so if we're going to like talk about this moving forward, can you maybe say more encouraging things? Or that's definitely not going to help me. Do you think that's going to really push me forward, telling me what you're going to do when this doesn't work out? (laughs) I mean, the thing that baffles me is I I worked for a company where for about four years, they were going through redundancy processes. So for four years, my job was never something that felt secure. I constantly felt like at any day I could be getting a letter to say, hey, we don't, you know, you're not part of the company going forward. So, you know, shove off. (laughs) (laughs) have some money admittedly shove off so when I came into my business it was almost like I've already lived for four years with a air quote stable job where I was constantly thinking if I don't work hard enough or um you know this could this could disappear at any moment yeah and that's really kind of the same as self-employed except it's within your control like I have control over whether my business continues or not oh my God, this is like the biggest thing because people think that having a job is the most secure thing. But really, I mean, look, if you're self-employed, it's up to you to bring home the bacon and you can bring home as much bacon as you like. If you 
you can go out there and get it. Whereas in your job, there's only so much potential. And especially like, you know, look what we've just gone through. Like so many people would have lost their jobs. Whereas a lot of, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like you said, I had a hard time. Yeah, it's been tough, but (laughs) really, really tough. Um, but it's the same with people in employment. It's not like everyone was completely covered. Like so many people lost their jobs. I just think, like you say, it's how you how you perceive it. No, I understand. And I think that it's very much, it's how, like there are different ways that you can deal with other people's limiting beliefs. And like I said, we've all been there. We've all absorbed that emotion. And if you're having a shitty day and someone says the wrong thing to you that just amplifies the way that you're feeling, exactly. it really sucks. Yeah, because you're already like convincing yourself of that a little bit already. So as soon as someone else says it, then yeah, it's really difficult to pull yourself out of mm. pull yourself out of that. Like I have to have physical conversations with myself, like and say, right, come on, you need to sort this out now. Like you've, I mean, where it's it happens, obviously not mm. all the time, but enough times for me to know that. I'm going to get through this. This is going to be fine. And that's kind of the conversations that I have with myself now. I'm like, no, remember who you are and remember why you started this and remember your why and remember what you're trying to do. And remember the results that you've got for people and what you've done. Like, remember the feedback that you've had from people. No, you have got this. Just stop comparing yourself or listening to to other people and just stay on your track. Yeah. No, I find that that's really helpful. I think I talk to myself an awful lot as well. So a self-given pep talk out loud in particular is very helpful. Sometimes I swear because my other half's still working from home as well now. And he's like the other side of the house. But sometimes he's like, I could hear you talking. Were you on a call? And I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I think other things that really help me is, and again, I had this conversation with Siobhan last week where it's like, if you had told me when I was in the corporate world that I would journal to make myself feel better, I'd be like, you're talking a load of bollocks. But Uh, now, like I find writing things down really cathartic because it's like, it's putting it out there and being able to kind of see it for what it is. So if I do have one of those days where I'm feeling really rubbish I will write it down like a sappy teenager from a Disney movie and like just pour out all of my pity it helps so much which is obviously like we'd um but like I've told you before but obviously I'm launching my journals like my fitness journal so I know the importance of journaling and mindfulness and writing these things down and not only does it uh, like become more concrete when you've written it down like how to move forward but also like if you're being really critical and harsh on yourself you write that on a piece of paper and you look at it and you think oh my god why am I saying this stuff to myself and then like kind of writing down the things that you want to be able to say to yourself all the good things about yourself or what you're grateful for and what you love about yourself and what you're so great at and then you look at the other list that honestly that makes me so sad sad like that's not something that I have to do too often but if I do find myself getting in a bit of a really shit place that's what I'll do and then that snaps me out of it because I think look, there's no way I would let anybody else talk to me like this or say these nasty things to me. So why on earth am I doing this to myself? Like, it doesn't obviously, I don't come up, come out of doing that and then suddenly I'm like healed and I'm like fantastic. And great. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's the first step though. It's the realisation to being like, I can't say this to myself. And is this, this isn't going to help me progress. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, that's <laughs> who, exactly who, it successful saying these things to themselves no one so this has got to change yeah no I'm absolutely with you with that and I do similar and sometimes when I write things down or even if I start to write things down and I'm like this is not helpful and also this is really fucking horrible like why am I thinking this like I obviously believe in what I do and I believe in my clients 100%. I always yeah. do, unshakably. So why can't I have some of that for me as well? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's something that personally helps me and I think it would help others. So if you are out there and you're like, I feel really like someone has said this to me or I've been comparing myself to others online or whatever it is, you've got that imposter kicking in because you want to try something new. I think it's just manage it however best you want to but acknowledge it recognize that it's there 
but then like try and move past because it is never going to get you where you want to go no no it's really not and I think as well like we have so many thoughts as humans like all the time that not every thought we have is going to be like so amazing we're going to get these intrusive thoughts that come into our heads like and it's just not latching on to latching on to them just letting them pass and letting them go fine mm-hmm. um but but also like you say recognizing them maybe where they've come from and then just moving on because sitting in that and dwelling in it like like I said, nobody came, became successful or ran a business successfully by thinking that they were crap or like yeah. they just, <laughs> you've got to really truly believe in yourself and just not listen to the people that, you know, want to pull you down with, oh, well, who's going to pay for that? Or I would never pay that for that. Good. You're not my client. So I don't care. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I found like, it's really tricky because social media is a bit of a weird place anyway because as we all get told and need to remember more regularly it is only a highlights reel of what the world is actually like but also I find that particularly now with online networking I had to stop like I love networking I love going out I love meeting people I love speaking to them but I found that online networking suddenly became a place where I felt very much like I was being sold at more than having conversations yeah and then I felt like in return that's the way that I should be should be running my business and it's not the way that I like to promote yeah definitely I very much like to share and then know that when it's right people will come to me if I'm the right person for them and if they're at the right stage of their business they'll come to me and that's when we work together like I talk about what I do I talk about how it helps and then I talk with other business owners like this to discuss these kind of things. But in online networking, it was getting to the point where it was like, okay, I sell this. What do you sell? It's like, oh, oh, I feel so gross. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm like that with face-to-face networking, but it's just not not really, I don't really enjoy it. But you're so, you've hit the nail on the head because, you know, the longer that you sit and look at other people's pages and what other people are doing, you start to convince yourself, oh, I should be doing that because that person looks like they're doing well well firstly like you just said it's a highlight reel it's not their life like somebody could have thousands of followers and not be making any money online somebody could have a couple of hundred followers and really utilizing the followers that they do have and be monetizing from their small pool of followers like we can't just judge what we what we don't know based on like the first impression and if we sit there comparing ourselves to these people on what we should be doing, we're going to lose sight of our why and, you know, what makes us unique and what we're bringing to the market. And it's always just kind of touching base with that and ignoring what other people are doing, regardless of it, if it looks like what they're doing as well. Okay, that's it might be working well for them. That's not to say it will work for you, especially if that's not the core of your why. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only other thing that I would recommend is just be mindful of how you are having these conversations as well. Because I touched on it briefly in the fact that now I try really, really hard not to tell people they're too expensive. Yeah, yeah. So even if it's like a coach who costs a reasonable amount of money and I don't have that kind of investment at that time, as an example... I I do my absolute damnedest not to say it's too expensive because it's not. Yeah, it's okay. This is, oh, sorry, this is out of my budget right now. It's just as well that's um, around money, money yeah. investing as well, isn't it? Because if you say, oh my God, that's so expensive, you're immediately putting yourself in a position where it's like money is this big thing that you don't deserve because it's so big and you don't have it whereas if it's something like oh this is out of my budget right now that's just saying well right now this may not be something that I can necessarily afford um and obviously doesn't make the other person feel um crap either exactly it's like so be mindful that other people's limiting beliefs are just that they're theirs but also be mindful that you're not being one of those people as well definitely and it's you do have to consciously think about those things as well like I try um which is something I've worked on like 
where my friends have maybe started businesses over the years, if I've been running a business, well, for example, say I've been running my business for five years, Mm -hmm. that doesn't automatically just give me the right to start saying, oh, I think you should do this and I think you should do that. Whereas I think, take it back about four years ago, maybe I would have been a little bit more like that. Oh, I think you should, you know, me thinking it's coming from a place of a good place. Yeah. But... Just because you're intending it in a good way doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be taken that way, especially if they haven't asked for your advice. It's not like, you know, it's not always your place to just give your opinion. If Mm -hmm. somebody hasn't asked for it, then sometimes it can come off a bit as not an attack, but it can make that person feel like, oh, they obviously don't think what I'm doing is very good if they think I should be doing all of these things instead. Yeah. Um, So... I definitely, definitely try to watch more what I say and I just wait. Um, if somebody asks asks for advice, then I'll happily give it, but I won't just, you should be doing this. Oh, I saw you posted this and you shouldn't have done that and you should have worded it like this. Like, it's just not helpful. Or yeah, nice. and it's absolutely, and it's it's something that I have a conversation with someone else that I know quite well within small business and it's your inner rescuer it's like, I want to go and rescue this person so that they don't feel the way, like it's, it comes from a place of love and care. Cause it's like, I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to make the mistake that I did, but you know, we all learn from our mistakes and built from our mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, there's so many things like, for example, that, um, you know, take it back seven, eight years, so many advice, so much advice you could have obviously given me that I wouldn't have known what I know now. But would I have taken that advice? No, probably not. I would still have to see it out to be where I am now. And I think it's knowing that as well, that just because you've had experience of something and you feel like you could help somebody, unless they're asking for it, I really feel like you should just let them learn. And when they want your advice or want to openly talk about it, then that's when you can kind of put in um, your your opinion because otherwise it does just feel like, oh, you know. Because, for example, even like where I have people send me like profiles of maybe other online coaches yeah. sometimes if I'm not in the best frame of mind I think oh they think that person's better than me and I need to take the, yeah. I need to copy what this person's doing they obviously don't think I'm very good if they're sending me profiles of other coaches like why do you know what I mean so yeah. they're obviously they're doing it because they think oh I think it'd be really good for you to connect with this person or something like that but it's just the way that we interpret it so I think it's just being mindful definitely how you speak and and communicate with other people I try to be a lot more forward thinking about when I'm giving someone a piece of advice whether it's been asked for or not yeah and if you are ever confused just ask like the number of times that I've said to some of my closest friends and they're like I need your help with this and it's like okay so do you actually want my help or do you want a pep talk because I can offer either yeah (laughs) but what do you need what do you need from me because that's the most helpful thing I can ask is what do you need from me do you want my honest advice do you want some impartial feedback or do you just want a pep talk to be told that you're doing it the right way because I am here for any of that yeah definitely but yeah I think just be honest if you're in any form of confusion ask and I think that if you are struggling with any limiting beliefs um like we've talked about already try writing it down try acknowledging where it's come from and try and just move past them yeah definitely and know that like even the most successful people get these thoughts too everyone gets these thoughts it's very natural and normal thing it's just how you deal with them is what um you know creates the outcome and you are the only person that can that can make the change at the end of the day absolutely cool is there anything else that you wanted to add no I think I think that's it just you know crack on and you'll be good (laughs) perfect so if there was one task that listeners can do today to improve some part of their business from something that you've experienced what would it be that you would recommend um I would probably say I mean in terms of sticking to the theme and obviously making sure that we're um on brand with what we're talking about I would definitely just say is making sure that you check in with yourself frequently and have a bit of like an emotions and um business MOT if you like check in where you're at and just make sure that you're always 
feeling confident in what you're delivering and if you're not like it's absolutely fine to talk about it and be open because the longer that you let those thoughts and feelings manifest they're just they're just going to sit there and not not kind of go away unless you address them and just having that barrier there knowing that when people are projecting things onto you that it's not necessarily their opinion of you and just being very mindful of that no, I think that that's brilliant. I think that that's a brilliant way of summar- summarizing up everything we talked about. And yeah, I think an emotional MOT is something that we dismiss quite frequently. Very good at looking after our, well, very good at acknowledging our physical health, but I think that mental health still got a way to go and emotional health even more so. Definitely. And just normalizing certain things, knowing that we all feel these ways and having those emotions is very normal. Like it's, you know, I think it would be abnormal for somebody to be absolutely buzzing, hyper and in love with themselves like a million percent of the time. Like we all have these thoughts and feelings. So um, it's a big thing that I'm on um, with social media and just really normalizing, normalizing things as opposed to just acting like everything's a-okay all of the time because it's not. And I think when you realize that other people go through it too, it does make you feel a lot better. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> other people but it does make you feel better knowing that you're not alone <laughs> yeah no absolutely agree I think that isn't it's always good to know that you're not the only one that's experiencing this and whether that helps in a way that you're just like okay so I'm not alone or whether that helps in the way of I can ask this person for advice it's yeah. always it's always going to be beneficial Definitely. so that's awesome thank you so much for your time today Hayley. So, where can our listeners find you where are your preferred channels of choice um, head over to my website. Obviously, I've got two. So I've got the socialgeeks.co.uk or I've got wow-transformation.com and all my socials and everything are on there as well. Brilliant. Perfect. Thank you so much. So there we have it, guys. A wonderful, open and honest conversation around other people's limiting beliefs and maybe how to deal with them. But as with anything in business, I always encourage you to find what works and feels good for you because it's your business and you can build it however you want. Thank you so much for joining me today, Hayley. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) Cool. And listeners, I hope that you found this episode helpful and it's given you some ideas and some things to chew over and think about. Tune in this Thursday where Hayley will be sharing her brand story with us. And until next time, I'd love to know your thoughts on this conversation. So head over to the Brand Lounge on Instagram or on Facebook. I'll pop the links in the show notes and we will continue these conversations in the Brand Lounge.